Welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. And today's episode focuses on a sometimes challenging aspect of parenting a child with really any disability, the emotional part of dealing with those yearly assessments, IEPs, and evaluations that always seem to happen right around our child's birthday celebration. We'll discuss how we managed these stresses early on and maybe how we would have done some things differently. A good way to facilitate this is with an if-we-knew-then statement. If we knew then, we would say don't worry, because honestly, what I've always told you is worrying doesn't change anything. Yeah. And and it's so hard not to worry, but sometimes I'll just, you know, we do a lot of meditation and, and to keep in the moment and to just remember what is actually real in this moment. So worrying doesn't change anything and that may sound stupid because sometimes it sounds stupid to say it but worrying really doesn't change well a lot of things kind of feel stupid sometimes because you might like my past experiences put me in a place where I might have put Liam in a box I remember when Liam was born we looked at each other and and I'm sorry when we found out Liam had Down syndrome we looked at each other and one of the first things we said was we're not going to give up on this kid Mm. We are not going to give up on him. And one of the early things that he was not able to do was he was not able to latch on and breastfeed. Well, he couldn't nurse because when Liam was born, he was two pounds. How many ounces? Mm. And then he lost. Then he peed. And he lost. And like, <laughs> and he lost. I think it was like 215 or something. Yeah, and his head, his entire, he was smaller than the dot. We bought him a, a Groot. Don't tell him it's a surprise. We bought him a Groot stuffed animal. This this, this birthday. birthday. But we bought him that, and we both looked at it and said, this is how small he was when he was born. Right. He was about but that size. We said we weren't going to give up on him, and I remember uh, just one of the things we would nurse. do is you would pump, and Every we two hours would feed him through his feeding for tube. For an entire year. Mm-hmm. And a year later, he's at home. About a year, was it about a year? I think it was about a it year. Was about a he year. Was at he home. was still, we were, I was still. Obviously not eating from a I want to say anymore. this to moms. I was still pumping. That's true. That's every three hours. It's a big deal. Every day oh. at a year. I gave it one year. I said, I'm going to at least, that was my goal, one year. So Little did you know, Liam bumped his head and... He was crying. Crying, and you hugged him, and he just naturally... Latched on. Latched on, began to... And it was a, such a surprise. I remember you almost putting your hands up like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I flashed back, I flashed back almost a year before and said... Oh, we said we weren't going to give up, and we'd given up on him nursing. We had given up on him nursing. We hadn't even tried it again. And then I said, well, he's a year old, but still, let this bond happen. Like, you know. Yeah. And, and it, I was, it was awesome. To, and that uh, yeah. and he showed us he's going to get it. Yeah. In his time. Be patient. Be patient. And don't give up. He walked about but two years old. But if you do give old. up, don't judge yourself. That's true. Because he's still going to get it. Even if you, the thing is, is even if you give up, he's not going to give up. She's not going to give up. If the foundation is there. If the opportunity is there. And that was the thing, is we may have given up. I think on the first thing we said we weren't going to. I think that's that was the idea I had in my head. I mean, you know, 
when he was one, it kind of dawned on me, and I said, "Uh, so." I did it. Oh, uh, he did it, and uh, I, no, I mean, I did it. I gave up. I gave up, right? Mm-hmm. But I think just now, for the first time ever, I with that story because we've thought about it so many times over the last nine years is the truth that we may have given up, but he didn't. And so take that into not being so hard on yourself. If if you do, you're human and you're on this journey and you're trying to figure it out and you're always doing your best. Don't be so hard on yourself. I would say don't be so hard because I think that any time, whether it be like in an IEP or even last year on his birthday where he doesn't ask for much and it was just right after Christmas and I said, you know, we we the we took him to Disneyland and we didn't buy a lot of things. Uh, but I remember when he opened the few things that we got, he was so excited. I was like, why didn't I buy things to open? And I was so hard on myself. I felt so sad. Was it because he doesn't want things? I second guessed myself and, and my motives and why I did that. And I felt so sad. <laughs> I remember I felt so sad and I judged myself so hard as to ha- had I become what I fight against. And I would say from that, don't give up. Remember, it's, it's, it's not to be so hard on you. Let it be a journey. Let it be, I'm going to quote the Beatles, let it be. <laughs> and in the heart of choosing your focus in these annual things that IEPs and, and other tests and annual doctors and all of those things that you have to experience, um, we get to choose what we focus on. And we do have to do some hard things. And we do have to experience things that maybe we wouldn't have fathomed 10 years ago. And we have to be tougher, but we are tougher than we know. And smarter and stronger and more compassionate and patient and patient and I'm talking about with the school system I'm not talking about Mm. with my son I'm talking about with that journey we have to be compassionate and we have to be patient and we have to be peaceful warriors and we have to uh, educate ourselves, and we have to be stronger than we want to be sometimes because I don't always want to be so damn strong and then you get to choose what you focus on because on the flip side just having that child whether it be my son or my daughter, the celebration of them. Let that be your focus. It wasn't always. It wasn't really until the last couple of years that his birthday was a cell. I mean, there was the milestones. And had he, he didn't have the same milestones. And, oh, he's three. He's so small. And, <laughs> and even oh, birthday gifts. Remember, he doesn't every birthday walk, gift you oh, buy the kid had at, to have some kind of... Every I mean, this gift. This is me, too. Every gift had to be... That's good from for, us. From us, right. every gift was like, oh, you know, that would be great for his pincer grasp, and oh, you know, that's good for cognitive development. The kid and couldn't just have a toy. No, no toy. No, not just, just a for toy fun. to play. It was and a then, toy that. And would... then when we received gifts, they were always kind of the low bar of you know getting a gift made for an infant when he was four, and that mm-hmm. breaks your heart. But no, people are doing their best. Yeah. But you know, you're gonna have to do those yearly things. You have to do the IEP. You have to do the doctor's visits. You have to do the forms that you fill out. You have to do, uh, depending on where you live. I don't know if everybody has regional center. You have to do your regional center. You have to do all of these things. Do them. Let them have their place. Let them have their time squeak out, etch out a little bit of time, however much to, to do it, and then let your focus be the celebration. And you would say, don't worry. 
Trust. Trust. Know that it is going to be okay. Yeah, and he's a blast. I mean, he's he's awesome, and Sophia's awesome, and they're great together. Uh, we're very lucky that they're both very happy, and we're happy. Liam definitely knows he has friends, likes himself. He looks himself in the mirror and is proud of himself. Um, it's fears that I have. Remember, I, I've, I've discussed my thoughts on my more con- – I have more concerns for my typical child, Sophia, because, you know, life's pretty tough, and – and um, there are no guarantees and that she'll always be happy with herself. Um, I hope she is. I hope she... You know, there's no guarantee Liam will always be happy with himself. And there, hopefully no, he'll... No, <laughs> but I don't worry about it as much. No. He he really seen, he is just has a confidence in himself. And he's proud of himself. He has friends. But he has all the emotions. I mean... He has he has emotions. But he, he's the one that will... When one of us is sad... He puts he, his arm on our shoulder he, yes. and says, smile. He comforts, says, smile, and he'll feel sad, too. He's very empathetic. You. Yes. Sophia does it, too. I'm not, you know, she right. she's a, a she lifts you up, too. I'm just But I think it's, we're about, talking about if we knew then, we'd say, trust. You're a parent, and you know what you're doing, and you're doing your best. And if you're doing, as Andy Garcia said in Mamma Mia, too, I do my best. <laughs> it is all that I have. <laughs> uh, you're doing your best. And that's all you can do. And they're going to know they're loved. That's the most important thing. And whatever your foundation that you're giving them, you're giving them that foundation. And you're opening doors for them. And you are their voice. And uh, don't get mad at the way things are. I think it's that we change the way things are. Let let that that the anger fuel your actions to make a change and a difference and be a voice and let your voice be heard and then we make a difference small small baby steps along the way. Um, so I would say do your annual things and then go back to celebrating. Yeah, do what you have to do, and just enjoy the celebration. Make maybe uh, make sure that you eat that cake. <laughs> You blow out those candles and you make that wish and you sing that song. However you celebrate, you celebrate. Uh, don't get caught up in what it should be. Which can happen because I think uh, it, it can, even with a typical child, but but we've kind of gone back and forth on this a little bit, but I feel like as a parent with a, a child with, with Down syndrome, it's even magnified. Yeah. And that's, I, I'm saying magnified, uh, Subconscious, or not, uh, inwardly. Yeah. I'm magnifying it. Why isn't I'm, he eating? I'm double why, thinking. Why isn't he lifting that up? Why? How come he can't put that coin in the in the pig? You look at your... <laughs> you're <laughs> you talking at, about yes, that game? Yes. Oh, I hated but that. But you look at your two-year-old son, and you look at another two-year-old that's typical, and you're, why isn't and you're he comparing. Walking? Yeah. And even more than I did with Sophia. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did it with Sophia. Because other people compare. And I don't think it's... And, and, and you would tell think you. a second child, I wouldn't do it as much. Right. But I think it's also because society compares and they tell you. Yeah. Even well, in the IEPs. Right. Well, e- everybody. Every little Everything. moment of, of Liam's uh, natural development as a child. Microscope. Was, was, di- was uh, written down and, and, oh. and analyzed and, 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 and put on. I mean, you have normal charts, but this chart seems to go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. If he pushed somebody, it went on a kindergarten, chart. Kindergarten, first day of kindergarten, he, he hugged. He, he, like, they he wrote hugged. it down. It was in the next meeting. <laughs> he hugged a 
child and then another child came and hugged too and, and they all fell down. And then down. it was a big hug. And it's like, oh, so we're going to talk to Liam about not hugging so much. Well, like, what about the other three people? Like, like, the wait, first hug, the initial all, hug was fine. Kindergarten. Can we all hug? Yeah. We and need more hugs than that. There were other kids involved, and we all, they all when the a hug. When the fifth kid got on the pile to hug Liam. Let's talk about Liam. <laughs> Let's <laughs> that talk was to the Liam problem. He's punching two or three kids, right? Yeah. Not when the hugs are but, happening. Okay. But anyway, I, di- I but digress. <laughs> you, you digress. But it, it is. It's, a, it's under a microscope, and, and there's. Keep your own chart <laughs> and yeah. put it in perspective. And you know what? When you're at the meeting and they tell you all those things about, well, your child hugged, in the nicest, most polite way, you can, you have, you are their voice, but you have a voice. And if that seems unfair, you can say, all children hug. And right. Whatever is good for you, because it's true. There are a lot of different ways to do this. And you have to trust yourself. You have to make the decision and then do it. When Liam came home from the NICU, I was almost adamant. No, I wasn't adamant. I just wrestled with myself. If we're inviting someone over to come meet our new baby who has spent two and a half months in the NICU, he's finally home, and we're going to invite some people over. I wrestled with myself. I I told you, I said... I. I need to call these people and tell them Liam has Down syndrome. I mean, I need to uh, to tell them, prepare them. And this was probably one of my good moments. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this I learned was a like, lot. I'm bringing like, it. I'm, no. This is like in my pocket. It's good job, mom. This is great. That was a good mom moment. That was a moment. great lesson. Because I said, if you're going to say that, then you need to also put in the note, and Liam has brown eyes because it's just as important. They'll get here and they'll see that he has Down syndrome or they won't. Right. And then they'll know. And then, the, like the lady in Pier One who just thought he was a mixed baby, and she said, "I love mixed babies." Oh right, that I was had, awesome. It was beautiful because it was just me and him. Yeah, really sweet cashier. He looked at Liam, thought he was so adorable, and said, "Oh my goodness, I just love mixed babies." And I, I, I think she thought he was ethnic. I don't, you know, I mean, I obviously thought he was ethnic, and I kind of tumbled in my mind of what that meant. Yeah, like, and what? do you correct her? No. Right? I no, didn't. no, I'm saying that. Like that's, oh, do I? Are, yes. These are all I? the things that you think. In a split second. And no, and it was just a nice little smile. She was nice about it, right? Mm-hmm. So she was, oh. And I think it's very similar to like uh, this weekend. Sophia had a birthday party she went to. And I I had to go back to drop something off. And you and Liam came. And you hadn't we, mentioned anything. I hadn't mentioned Down mm-hmm. syndrome. I think maybe Sophia has to her friends, but I don't, I don't, it wasn't a conversation. And, uh, it just was. He was there just like, you know, we didn't, I, I mm-hmm. mean, they had, may have had a conversation before, but we didn't, we don't have to. They might have had a conversation after, after we left. Yeah, but we didn't have to justify no. or preemptive or, but we didn't have to do any of that. Just like I didn't tell them, Sophia's afraid of dogs, so if you walk to the park, she might get a little scared, which that also happened. Oh. But I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have to explain. And I, I think and sometime not explaining, you're going to get people that um, are su- a bit surprised and taken aback. But I'm that, okay with that. Yeah, and it goes by fast. Yeah. That little moment is then done. Good for them. It's good for all of us. <laughs> it's good for all of us. It's good because, because I didn't have to explain my child, and I shouldn't have to. No. I, I think that's part of the frustration is I feel like, and if I knew then, I wouldn't spend so much time explaining my child to people. I didn't always. I think... But I think maybe you more so 
I, I think I wrestled with it more. I mean, yeah. I, I, I came to you going, I was I don't defi- know That do. was like almost like an, a defi- and I think backstory is part of because I, I was adopted and so I had a different reality growing up and, uh, and I think that's why I was like, I'm not, Liam doesn't need explanation. Why, why do I have to explain, you know, unless you're going to babysit him and I have to tell you some kind specifics of. Specifics he needs. Yeah, or specific. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to make it feel like he's less than by explaining his existence because I think, I think that's the, honestly at the root of everything is that's the, that's the, at the foundation of the problem with the conversation about Down syndrome is uh, justifying the existence of our child on a certain level. Uh, that's the, you know, right. from, that's the, that, that has been the fight. That's the fight for his education, justifying that he should be educated. Why does, just because he has Down syndrome, that he doesn't deserve an education or that he should not get a diploma or that the expectation is so low and the bar is so low and there's uh, stereotypes that this is exactly what he's going to be in a box that he fits in. And I, and I think that that is, that's part of it. And that's what I've learned is that now it's just really nice. Like it doesn't come up in the conversation. I talk about my son and sometimes I'll talk about, you know, if I'm talking about a specific and people will be like, oh, you sign with your, your son. And I just say, yeah, yeah, they can ask why. And I can, and then I say the truth. Well, because his expressive language has come in slower than his cognitive and receptive. So we help him. Uh, to express himself so that people can understand what he's saying with sign language. Now that comes into his IEP, but they use it as a deficit. And instead of saying, oh, your child is two, knows two languages, and I'm sorry that your teachers don't know two languages that they can't sign with him, and also that we don't know his language and understand how he's saying and speaking, um, but instead he gets judged for it. Mm. So I don't, I don't, I think it's just kind of like I wouldn't explain anything about my my, my husband's, husband's gonna bald. come pick me up, but he's bald. So just <laughs> I knew you were gonna pull that. You know, um, it's I wouldn't. He's six foot tall. Why Why does that matter? I, right. I don't know. I just thought you needed to know that because so you can. And like like we said, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Maybe you feel more comfortable doing that, but there's an option of not doing it. You don't have okay. to. If that's I mean, what you choose, a, then it's your we choice. We were told, um, hey, you might want to make a, a book for kids. No, in we were asked to make a book. Uh, yeah, that's true. Can you make a book explaining can, yes. can what I should say to my child about your child? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we decided not to discuss with any parents or students in kindergarten, and we decided not to have a book or a sit-down with anybody to explain that Liam has Down syndrome and he's going to be in your class. Now, because here's... In, here's- in, Go ahead. No, go ahead. And, and that's something that could be done. That's something that is actually um, a, a popular thing. It's a very popular thing. Now, I will say what I know then, if I knew then. I would say, don't get so mad at the book. I was mad at the book because people said, can you please make a book? I saw somebody make a book that said explaining Down syndrome and your child and what their limits are and stuff. And I was like, and I just got indignant. And I was like, if you make a book telling me how your we, child's can different. Can we say the book basically would say, hi, it, if hi it was my name's Liam. Liam. I, have Down I have Down syndrome. This is what Down syndrome is. This is the things, is I, the things would, I, I can't do. I can't do. These are some things maybe I, I can do. I know what do. you can't do. I was, I it was kindergarten. And I was, some pictures of him. I got yes. mad. And my answer was, you're not going to, first of all, you can Google Down syndrome. 
and there's all your facts. You, if you want the definition. This is when you were asked by a parent. I was. This asked wasn't by asked by the teacher. I was school. asked by. They'd see no. The teacher saying, didn't. The teacher. He had the best kindergarten your, teacher ever. How do I explain my your child? To how do I explain child. to to my child your child? How do I explain we my child? How do I explain your child to my child? Right. That's what someone Which, said to me. Again, now I can go. That that parent is doing their best. Again, I make it my responsibility. I could have not been so uh, maybe defensive because I th- I mean it comes from ignorance. Is actually, but I felt you know what I felt and it hit me was I don't have to tell you about Liam because he's part of our community. I I don't know how to tell your child about Liam when he comes with a question. First of all, let the child come to you with a with question. A question. Just like I don't know how to tell. I told you her it wasn't we- contagious. Well, that's true. It's true. No, but I. But I was just mad. My thoughts were, I don't know how to tell you how to parent. I don't know how to tell you how to explain to your child when you walk to 7-Eleven and you walk by a homeless person asking for money why you did or did not give that person money or why that person's asking for money that's not my job to tell you how to explain that to your child but that's our community that's the that's life right and i don't want to bring it bring the bar talking about bringing the bar down i'm not comparing down syndrome to a homeless person (laughs) wait for that but this is this is something our society that is looked at as being a negative part of society and how do i explain it you know, I don't know how you explain it because I'm not you and I don't, I obviously don't parent like you because I, I would never ask me that question. I think what I did. You, you, you went on another way where you were like, well, if I make a book about Liam, then you better make a book about why your child has blonde hair and your child has blue eyes. And Tell me why your child is different, which I think is great. I mean, that's what we kind of yeah, do for do every that. kid counts. It's I mean, like. Your differences make you who you are, and everybody's different. So I think my actual response is, I will make that book if everybody in the class makes that book. And the kids don't need it. That's the thing. The kids don't the need it. The parents want now, the book. Now, I will say, the parents, the parents want the book. The parents need the book. In some ways, and the, parents, and the book could have helped some parents. That's true. Um, I was just at a different spot where I was kind of, I was tired of having to defend my child's existence. And at five years old, uh, he was in a class with peers his own age in kindergarten. He started kindergarten in fi- at five, where most, that's for a typical, that's a typical start. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was so tired of fighting and having to defend my son's existence at that school. I was tired. I had to fight to get him in an inclusive classroom. I had to fight to keep him on curriculum when he already knew his colors and all these other things that they were teaching him. And I, I had to fight for so many things that at that point, that mom didn't know what she was walking into. So I would say if I knew then, I would maybe take a deep breath before I responded. I would probably respond the same way, saying I think it would be good if my son's going to make a book, uh, that everybody make a book, so that way the kids can understand that everybody's different. And then I might have had a, a friendly conversation with the parent. And it, it, it probably would doing that would have been easier to just let it go after two. Yeah. And I think because I think that oh, in okay. kindergarten as parents, we, we really didn't have many friends <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I think we were defensive. I can say that. I know. I know we were defensive because I was tired of the I, I I was tired of the comments. I was tired of the questions. I was tired because it came from not a place of do you really what are you really asking? And honestly, I would have probably had more respect of somebody actually asking what they were really asking instead of the roundabout way of how do I talk to my child? 
I don't know how you talk to your child. I don't, and it's not my job, and it's not my place, and I would never assume it to be. Liam is part of the world. He's part of our community. Every child is, and that explanation comes when there's a question, and the kids didn't question. The kids accept Liam, and especially in kindergarten, they accepted Liam and and uh, and with no questions. So I think I think maybe we should we should wrap this one sure. up. Uh, but what I think, if we knew then, we would trust more, worry less, choose our focus, mm-hmm. celebrate the heck out of every day, every every birthday, and whatever you want the celebration to be, whether it be every day or every week or whatever, celebrate that, educate ourselves, be their voice, but also don't be afraid to be your own voice. I come from a more compassionate place because I think that having more compassion would have helped me see that I actually am in a place where I can have compassion for them just as they could have compassion for me. So let's go celebrate. Uh, I'm ready to celebrate. And thank you for joining us. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod. And you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod. Or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. From the top.